The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Our first reading is from Ezekiel, chapter 37, verse 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and sent me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, mortal, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophecy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked and there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophecy to the breath, prophecy mortal, and I say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up, our hope is lost, we are cut off completely. Therefore, prophecy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord. And when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil, and then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. Word of God, word of life. Thank Thanks be to, be to God. God. The second reading is from Romans chapter 8, verses 6 through 11. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the reason the mind that is set on flesh is hostile to God, it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit, since the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, through the body is, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who, who raised Christ from the dead 
will give life to you, mortal bodies, also through his spirit that dwells in you. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Pastor Charlie May died on March 5th, 2009, after a short battle with cancer. His obituary tells us that he loved his work. He served congregations across the country, including two here in Washington State. Yet when it comes to his character, the kind of person he was, Charlie's obituary provides only a glimpse. He advocated tirelessly for a new and fair society, it says. He was a scholar who enjoyed learning and teaching until the last day of his life. I never knew Charlie. He was mentioned by a colleague of mine who was present at the weekly clergy Bible study I regularly attend. They were close friends, and as you might guess, there was a lot more to Charlie than a couple sentences in an obituary. Charlie, you see, had a profound view of faith. He shared it with my colleague as he lay dying. You know, he said, I'm not really interested in all this talk about the resurrection of the dead. I imagine my colleague pausing here, as I would, a bit surprised, eager to hear him elaborate. I know it's there and it's going to happen, Charlie continued, but God has already taken care of it. What's important to me has been my life now, shaped and formed by the love of Jesus Christ. He has continually called me to smell, to touch, to taste, to hear, to see, to serve, and to do. It's a rather remarkable affirmation if you think about it. A pastor of the Christian faith focused even in the final hours of life, not on the world to come, but on this world, this earth, this life. It's certainly not the majority view. Indeed, Christianity has long been under the spell of a world-denying spirit, the kind that devalues earth by describing heaven as our true home. The kind that says when we die, we go to a better place. The kind that informs, among others, megachurch pastor Rick Warren when he tells his readers that this life is merely a rehearsal for the, quote, trillions and trillions of years, end quote, Christians will spend with God after they die. That is the majority view. It wasn't Charlie's. Now, don't get him wrong. Charlie didn't deny his future with God. 
But that's the thing, he told my colleague. When the end comes, which for Charlie was just a few breaths away, when the end comes, God has already taken care of what happens. It's totally in God's hands. And that's good news, great news, incredible news. You and I no longer need to fear the unknown. What will happen to us has already been determined by God. Death, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15.55, has lost its sting. So rise, child of God, knowing that your final destiny is in God's hands. You have been released from the grip of fear to live fully and totally in this world. Through touch and smell, to taste, to hear, to see, to serve, and to do. It's a strange message to hear at the heart of Lent, a time that begins with a reminder that we are nothing but ash and ends with the crucifixion of our Lord on the cross. For someone of my skeptical disposition, moreover, it's honestly quite difficult to believe. No longer fearing the unknown, especially death, is far easier said than done. But there's something about what Charlie said that hearing it from my colleague really hooked me. What if what happens after we die is already determined? What if God has already taken care of everything? What if my eternal destiny and yours is totally in God's hands. Would that not free us to live more fully in the world, to be released from whatever fear of death we may harbor, to exist more completely in the here and now, to live a life where death has truly lost its sting? Would this not be a resurrection while living? Dear friends in Christ, this is precisely the kind of life to which the Apostle Paul is calling us in Romans 8.11, the last verse of our reading today. There he writes, Since the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. The resurrection, in other words, is not just something that awaits us in the future. It is a kind of life, as Charlie knew, available to us now, one where God renews our mortal bodies, the bodies we presently have, giving us what Paul calls elsewhere newness of life, here, on this side of the grave. The experience of this newness of life 
gave Paul the strength to face incredible adversity, to endure, by his own testimony, multiple beatings and sleepless nights, never sure of where his mission would lead, but always, always pressing on. Imagine what this newness of life could do for us today. What greater spiritual antidote to the fear and the uncertainty all around us than the total affirmation of life, even in the face of death. Pastor Charlie May died on March 5th, 2009, after a short battle with cancer. He was a scholar and a teacher, according to his obituary, a person who advocated tirelessly for a fair society. Beyond that, however, he was an example. Even in just the few words he shared with my colleague on his dying day, don't fret over the world to come, he said. God has taken care of that. Walk in the newness of life. Live in the here and now. Smell, touch, taste, hear, see, serve, and do. Amen.
Turning our hearts to God, who is gracious and merciful, we pray for the church, the world, and all who are in need. God of life, bind your faithful people into one body. Enliven the church with your spirit and bless the work of those who work for its renewal, especially within and out of these days of uncertainty. Accomplish your work of salvation in us and through us for the sake of the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of life, you love the world you have made and you grieve when creation suffers. Restore polluted lands and waterways. Heal areas of the world ravaged by storms, floods, wildfires, droughts, or other natural disasters. Bring all things to new life. Lord, in your mercy. God of life, show redemption to all who watch and wait with eager expectation. Those longing for wars to cease, those waiting for immigration paperwork to finalize, those seeking election, those in dire need of humanitarian relief, and everyone waiting for the scare of the coronavirus to pass. Come quickly with your hope, Lord, in your mercy. God of life, you weep with those who grieve. Unbind all who are held captive by anxiety, despair, or pain, especially members and friends of our congregation who suffer from cancer. Fill us with compassion and empathy for those who struggle and keep us faithful in prayer. Lord, in your mercy. God of life, we th give thanks for opportunities for this congregation to collaborate with our community in caring for the needs of our neighbors. Strengthen our ties with other local congregations, agencies, and services, including those of New Horizons, Queen Anne Helpline, Compass Housing Alliance, and others we already support. Lord, in your mercy. For who or what else do the people of God pray? Holy God, we again pray for those who are struggling with life-threatening diseases like cancer. We ask that you be with them and tend to them. We also pray for those who are traveling, particularly those who are traveling back to the United States after the outbreak of the virus. We ask that you be with them and keep them safe. Be with those, Lord, who are unemployed. Give them hope and patience to endure this difficult time. Give us also patience as we await things to return to what used to be, Lord, in your mercy. God of life, you are our resurrection. We remember all those who have died and trust that in you they will live again. Breathe new life into our dry bones that we too 
might live with you forever. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. According to your steadfast love, O God, hear these and all our prayers as we commend them to you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.